Hi, I'm Jason Nias from Digital River, an e-commerce and payments company dedicated to helping brands go global and grow their revenue. But this isn't about us. This is Commerce Connect, a podcast about people who are creating some of the best e-commerce experiences of our time. Listen on to hear from e-commerce visionaries as they look back on where they started, lessons they've learned, and what they believe will be the future of online shopping. I'm Ted Rogers, uh, Chief Marketing Officer at Digital River, and I'm excited to welcome our guest today, whose e-commerce background, desire to innovate, and love of desserts led her to launch a new channel for global consumer goods uh, that allowed customers to get Ben & Jerry's ice cream delivered right to their door. That's just part of her e-commerce story. Amy Bricks, a director of e-commerce for Unilever, driving e-commerce strategy in Germany. Uh, We want to welcome Amy to our podcast today. So Amy, please join us and say hello. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy. Uh, I'm Dutch and I'm living currently in Hamburg. I'm on my maternity leave for my second child. And yes, I'm the e-commerce director in uh, in Germany. So look forward uh, to chatting today. Yeah, Amy, it's really excited to, uh, exciting to have you join us today. Um, what I'd love to do is if you can start with just uh, a little bit of your background, tell us a bit more about yourself, uh, you know, a bit about Unilever and just kind of the sheer scope of your company um, and some of its products and, and how that, you know, plays into your, your daily life and your daily responsibilities. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, so as I mentioned, I'm, I'm Dutch and I'm uh, working at Unilever as an e-com director in Germany. And uh, some of you might know Unilever. Uh, Unilever is a consumer goods company, so from shower gels, shampoos, uh, to foods and ice cream. So you might know Ben & Jerry or Axe or Dove as a brand. And uh, it's a global company, so active over 180 countries. I think more than 3.4 billion people use our products daily, so over 400 brands. So it's a, it's a, it's a huge company, which is nice, very international and uh, around uh, 52 billion turnover uh, last year. Um, and yeah, to tell a bit more about myself, um, is that I, how did I come into e-commerce maybe uh, as a first part is um, basically I studied marketing uh, and finance and investments in Rotterdam. Uh, and then after my studies, I was always activist in my student time, uh, entrepreneurial, doing a lot of side projects and sales. And I guess e-commerce is the perfect angle of uh, marketing and, and sales. So it, it fits me. It's result driven. And I started my career in travel at a company called TUI. So they are one of the biggest uh, leisure groups, uh, tour operators. And uh, I did a trainee program. So traveled the world every three months to another country. And that's where I was part of the digital transformation, e-commerce, setting up one website, a mobile app. And I guess travel is on the front line of digital transformation. It's maybe more easy than fast-moving consumer goods uh, because you only have to digitalize the front end and not the supply chain and everything else. Um, So I guess that's where I learned e-commerce. I spent some time at Google to speed up myself on e-commerce. And then I decided to join Unilever to come up with new business model and direct-to-consumer. So basically... I've gone to a journey of, um, yeah, when do you go, when should you do direct to consumer? What are some types of new business models we should set up? And basically, after a few jobs, I landed here in Germany, where I'm now responsible uh, for all things e-commerce in uh, Germany. So 
the online supermarkets, the lost mile delivery players. Yeah, that's very exciting. I can tell you that um, of the 3.4 billion daily users, I we, we are one of them, or uh, two of them for sure in our household. We're big fans of the Ben & Jerry's, uh, Ben & Jerry's brands, that's for sure. So uh, it, it, that's, that's, that's great. Um, certainly seems that intellectual curiosity is, is partly what, uh, what has been one of those things that's, that's driven you trying to find the, the next thing. I, I love, I love the story. Um, and your, you know, your passion for what you're doing is, is very evident. So as, as you continue to work, you know, with your career, obviously finding new channels to, to drive the growth, um, within your business. Um, and, and it's, it's really an important piece for, especially in the consumer branded goods, consumer packaged goods, where companies are looking to try to find ways to reach customers in, in different ways. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts about, you know, how do you, with your experience, how do you look at and think that consumer packaged good companies should, should be thinking about the way that they leverage the e-commerce channels um, and, and the, the way that companies are finding themselves trying to, uh, trying to attract new customers through e-commerce? Yeah. Yeah. So, so as you already mentioned, there are now new ways to reach consumers with, with e-commerce and touch points. And I think um, how do we see new channels is also an opportunity to engage with consumers. And I, I know purpose is a buzzword, but I think also people uh, like yourself, you say you're Ben and Jerry lover. People take the extra mile for brands that they affinity have affinity with that they like that they do good for the company that do good for the planet for the world the more sustainable brands that stand for something and those are also the brands that basically you want to interact with and we also see in Unilever they are the brands that grow faster so brands with a purpose they grew 69 uh, uh, 96% uh, faster than other brands so I think, uh, yes, we use digital, of course, to as a sales channel, but also as a community, as a channel to, to connect, to learn more. So to give an example, when I was leading new business models within uh, Unilever, I did not only do product innovation to understand from e-commerce what new products should we develop because we get insight. I also did channel innovation. So how can we indeed have Ben & Jerry in a new channel? And then we found out, well, I was eating ice cream all the time uh, late at night and ordering this to deliver yeah. and eat. But, uh, and I thought our brands are not visible there. Are, are people willing to maybe order an ice cream late at night? But of course it comes with some extra costs. But after testing this and pitching this internally, actually the consumer proposition was good. People were ordering 11 at night an ice cream and wanted to pay the delivery fee for it. So it's also a way like, Consumers expect more, they engage with brands, but they also have a craving. They want more, they want it now, immediately. And ice cream, especially Ben & Jerry, it tastes even better when it's when it's out of the fridge for a while. Otherwise, it's too frozen. Um, so yeah, so it's new channel innovation. Um, so digital is very broad, right? It's for sales, it's for marketing, it's for engagement, it's to get insights for product innovation, channel innovation. And uh, to give another example, um, I launched, for example, a Dutch brand in, in the UK. So it's a brand for people with a sensitive skin. And then we do it digitally first because we get early insights and build a community and know what the consumer wants before we go to retail. So I, I guess there, 
yeah, e-commerce is a very broad topic, but it has a lot of benefits, especially data. Yeah, actually, that's that's a great point, and that's something I was just thinking about as you were talking. You were saying that um, there there are two things that that I'd, I'd like to just kind of uh, go into just a little bit further on that. One is on, on the data. Uh, so when you have your direct to consumer channel, um, mm-hmm. you're able to gain different insights rather than if it's going through a distributor or through a retail location, you actually have a better idea of of the behaviors and, and the preferences of, of of your you know of your end consumer. Can you uh, yeah. can you share kind of how how you yourself are leveraging that to try to make better decisions or however it might be. I'd love to just dig into that just a yeah. little bit more. So, so definitely, I think the direct to consumer, as you say, we, you don't do it for every brand. It's also an inside channel. It's yeah. channel for data to connect with the consumer to know what they want. So for example, when I launched the neutral brand in the UK, which was a Dutch brand and not known, I set up uh, digital conversations with the first consumers to say, do you like the brand? What do, didn't you like? Like you can have literally one-to-one conversation right. because you were able to contact the consumer and they bought your product and they were willing to participate. Uh, and also you can make quick decisions like what was bought, what wasn't bought, uh, which bundles do they like? And then you make better decisions based on this data on what to sell on, on a marketplace later on or in a retailer because I could, tell the retailer, look, these are the three best products uh, that people bought. You can even experience, of course, more with bundles, price points, gifting. So you get a lot of insights quicker on uh, than, of course, when you you, you make it with another retailer directly because it, it's, it's much bigger in volume. This is small, so it's really the lean approach. You start small and get insights and know, and know the early adopters, basically, what they want from you. And, 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 and your brand and, and what they like, what they don't like. And these are all insights that you can leverage or even to build new products or propositions. We have launched, for example, a new flavor for Valentine's Day or, uh, you know, something extra because we know people would were looking for it. And then uh, that's only possible when you have this direct uh, connection with your consumers. Well, I think I missed the uh, the special flavor for Valentine's Day because we tend to be creatures of habit and stick on the same flavors that we like. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I think it's really interesting. I love, I love the point of taking insights that you gained through your direct channel and feeding that back to your, to your other channels to have them think about how they may merchandise. Uh, like he's talked about bundles, things like that. Cause um, in that, one of the, one of the things that we've heard or I've, I've experienced with some other uh, companies is they worry about channel conflict when they look at their direct uh, channel versus the other you know, distribution channels they may have. Um, is that that insight aspect, is that something that you use to help to overcome that? Did you have to overcome worries about um, channel conflict? Yeah, so I, I think of course, we, we don't, I, I don't think we will ever be selling everything direct, right? It's right. all the more premium brands, the more uh, like beauty brands, or like, as you say, brands, we have a brand like Marmite, you either hate or love it, it has a lot of ancillaries. There are certain brands that fit more for it. Uh, Of course, all the mainstream brands that are available on all channels, you don't necessarily go to a separate D2C website to buy them because you can buy them in the supermarket. So I think um, everyone should be clear that it is a different strategy, a different angle. It's maybe more gifting, more personalization. But indeed, these are insights on what new innovations we should develop for the retailers. We can find them online quicker. You know, what are category insights, what are flavors, what are things that people like? 
It's definitely something we can explore on B2C and bundling. So a lot of what we sell on e-commerce with retailers, we can test very well on uh, direct to consumer first or even with our own employees. In Germany, we we had a D2C shop for our own employees because this was part of the change management internally as well on why e-commerce is important um, for the company. And then they can experience themselves how it is to order and to receive uh, something. And uh, yeah, and the whole whole consumer experience. So, so I think uh, the channel conflict will not be there because it's not it's not our main core business. Yeah. So when you're when you're thinking about this, obviously, a lot of brands when they you know they'll use the digital channel um, as primary for brand development. You know, to to get the word out, to build brand loyalty, all of those kind of things. But then to where you've taken it is that next step. Um, you know, taking taking it to directly to the consumer, not just about building awareness. So when you when you when you've gone down this path um, for building a business case for for a company like Unilever uh, to say that you know this should be a channel that we should leverage uh, further, you know, help me understand and help our listeners understand you know what you had to do or how you approached it to make sure it's an effective channel and that you had you know the the right people on board with you within the organization. Yeah. So I guess, I guess uh, first of all, of course, as I mentioned before, it's not for all brands. It's not that everything you can buy irregularly you want to lead it to see. It needs to have something unique, like a proposition. As yeah. you say, you need to have a consumer problem or uh, like what I launched in the UK, D2C was a sensitive skin uh, platform. So it was for one brand, but it had other propositions as well. It's like it tackles an angle for people with a problematic skin. Like, um, so I think what's important when going D2C is that a consumer actually wants to go to your website, wants to engage and wants to buy something. Um, that's one. So the consumer proposition, the, the problem. And the second one is, of course, the, the price points. You, you cannot make a business case of products of two euros all. And like it needs to have a certain basket size for the delivery fee. So uh, I think that's important to keep in mind. Otherwise, you will not be profitable. Uh, if you send just items of two euros, uh, so you, you need at least a, a certain basket size over 12 euros. Um, and I think it, it, it's all about the consumer, what they want, and they are willing to pay for it and, and engage with you. Uh, sometimes you maybe don't uh, want to make uh, a profitable business case out of it, but uh, it depends on the purpose of your website. Um, I think it's also important when you do something like this to get young supporters on board, like uh, young people that support the idea that uh, want to go the extra mile. So I was always use, using Unilever trainees, like these are young, talented people that are excited about new ideas that want to join the movement. So I, I guess that's important when setting up something new. And then the other part that's very important is, of course, the data, because that's what you get. Uh, when doing these types of things, data is key. Data can be leveraged with other partners. This is the benefit for the retailers as well, that you have data to convince what they should uh, bring to shelf or what they should uh, put on the assortment online. That's great. That's, that's, that's excellent. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, you know, with the, the swings that you've been able to take um, within the organization to, to really have some big impact on uh on your results. I think it's exciting. Um, so with the way that brands, and you kind of talked about this a little bit before, um, you know, with, with consumers continue to have high expectations and how they interact with brands. 
you know, through their direct channel as this continues to grow. Um, how have you seen, you know, kind of consumer and expectations change and, and how you've responded to those? This would be really, really great to, to, to share with our listeners as well. Yeah, so I think the daily lives get more into mind and you want everything now and you have higher expectations. Um, and I think uh, digital, of course, you've seen the movement. People are more on their phone. There's lots of difference between markets as well. Like uh, when I was traveling in one market, everyone ordering everything online in China. Well, in Germany, I can only pay now. Uh, with a debit card uh, since COVID in, at the bakery. Um, so yeah, so the consumer, how they interact definitely uh, changed a lot. Um, I've seen it already in travel industry to the FMCG industry that we go uh, a certain movement and it varies a lot uh, per market. But um, yeah, what, what we have done, of course, is we tapped onto some of the strengths uh, in, in that um, we're now active on all the last mile delivery players um, we Unilever also acquired uh, more D2C brands uh, active like Dollar Shave Club active in other channels. Of course, uh, every brand has a community or engages with their consumers on where they are. This can be TikTok in China or other social channels. So it's, a, it's kind of broad. So of course, Unilever does a lot in all the different channels. But me personally, I've been especially active in e-commerce. So in the last in Germany now, uh, it's also setting up all the new last mile delivery players and all e-com channels so that we can reach the consumer on wherever they want to shop. Are you currently utilizing um, like the social channels to, to try to drive and, and, and boost demand and boost awareness as well? You mentioned like uh, TikTok as an example. Is that is that something that's in your your, your mix? Yeah, so in, in Germany, we also, of course, use uh, social media for 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 engaging with consumers and, and branding and then converting them uh, to, to, to website. Uh, but we have less of uh, social direct uh, influencers where you buy directly on Instagram, which is already very popular in China or in other markets where a lot of the e-commerce sales actually comes from social influencers. They buy immediately. Uh, that's something I'm trialing this year in Germany uh, and, and the team as well that we're doing. Uh, we have done a small test. but uh, So, yes, we definitely want to be front runners of social commerce uh, here in Germany as well. Great. So you're, you're in Germany now. You're, you're, you're Dutch, uh, right? And I mean, have to imagine as part of a, a travel company before, you've probably been all over the world and, and seen consumer uh, experiences in, in other areas. Um, I'd love to, uh, you know, how, how, how have you seen and how have you experienced kind of the changes or differences in consumer expectations in different areas of the world, different countries, different markets? Um, you know, what they might expect in Germany is probably different than what they might expect, expect somewhere like in Indonesia, as an example. Um, how, does, yeah. how do you use that and play that out in your global strategy? Yeah, so definitely very different. Uh, I can still rely on trends from four years ago for Germany now. Because uh, I think uh, even though Germany is very digitally savvy, they are not buying all their groceries online yet. Some other markets are already over 10% of the sales coming from e-commerce. And in Germany, it, 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 it might be below five in the market. So there's definitely difference in expectations. Even payment methods in Germany, you can you people love to pay with cash. Well, in other markets, they pay everything by phone. Uh, when I was in China, you see the boom 
booming social commerce, like people buy everything from influencers. When I traveled to Jakarta, um, everything was ordered uh, on one app, like Gojek or even your massage, your drink. People order anything online because it doesn't cost them much extra either to order. So they order foods, but they also order anything on the same app. Um, and, and also you see models like last mile delivery players partnering up with supermarkets. So in China, I don't, in Shanghai, I didn't see people carrying their groceries. They scan it in the store and then bring it home. Uh, Carrefour partners with last mile delivery player and there are other models. So it's all interlinked and consumers engage with your products wherever they want and then get it at their home when they want it. So definitely this convenience is something that's picking up in Germany that's playing out. So some trends are already picking up in New York. I have also my friend uh, living there. Uh, she orders everything online, but they all live in big buildings where you have a concierge that take care of your packets. But here in Germany, when I order something, I lost my packets at one of the neighbors because I don't know, uh, because we don't have a concierge sitting here uh, taking care of all, all the packaging and all the things you order online. So you definitely see different trends of uh, behavior and consumer expectations and convenience uh, across the globe. Uh, and I think we are front runners of it by, uh, by playing with all these new players. Yeah, I think I'm probably like your friend that's in New York. I've had a time where there's been two delivery trucks in front of my driveway at the same time delivering packages. Uh, so we are very e-commerce uh, oriented family in, in, in this house. So at some point we will do, uh, order our Ben and Jerry's online, I'm sure. Um, one of the things you, you, you mentioned there was, was uh, you talked about that it's really called the super apps, right? In Asia. Um, yeah. Very popular. Are, in, in your experience, are you starting to see this show up uh, in, in other regions or, or other countries as well? I mean, it's, it's very popular there where people are using yeah. one app to buy whatever. Um, of course you see it, but I see, especially in Asia and China, the, of course, the, the one app for everything. I think a lot of other brands try to do it, but in Europe, they are more fragmented. Of course, uh, per market is different in Germany. You, you have Amazon as one of the key players, of course, where you can buy everything similar to the U S. Um, and then you have some marketplaces that are very big big here as well uh, like ebay uh but it varies a lot per market like in the netherlands you also have bold.com which is more local player but that's the biggest one and owned by ahold which is uh, also a supermarket chain for the things that you're seeing then what what would you say are the, the aspects that have you the most excited um or or trends that you're seeing that are changing for um direct to consumer yeah, so more trends that I'm especially interested in, in it is also like um, the more sustainable angle of uh, like people want to be more healthy, um, more nutrition. They want to know where your product is produced and where it comes from, like full transparency in the whole chain. That's something I'm exactly excited about. I'm, of course, excited about this whole instant delivery and convenience. So like how can you replenish your what you need in your house without doing anything or or like the data aspect and the convenience of how people buy and shop is already changing. Like now I can order it in 10 minutes, but one day it will be fully automated and I can have everything replenished automatically. So also the augmented reality and the maybe wearables, which is more far off, 
they excite me. So this, these are the kind of the trends together that I think are exciting because maybe I buy my clothes with, and I have an avatar. I don't have to try my clothes on anymore. And then uh, I, I shop products because I want to be healthy because I see it, I don't know, on my watch, you know, how, how many steps I've taken, uh, what I can eat. So I think with technology and data, you know much more, you make different decisions and that's that's exciting, but it's also it's also maybe still a bit far off here in uh, in Europe. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, augmented reality. I'd love to see how we're uh, going to have Ben and Jerry's in the metaverse at some point in the future. I can eat it and <laughs> enjoy it and uh, not have to spend yeah. as much time on the Peloton afterwards. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, that, that's really interesting. I, the, the whole idea of uh, and we've seen this with, with some companies that we've talked to as well with the augmented reality you mentioned the avatar and being able to, you know, not have to worry about going to a store and maybe not having to return things that didn't fit right. You have that and you can yeah. just directly, uh, directly work for you uh, as it, when it's delivered. So that would be, uh, that'd be exciting to see. So, yeah. um, so I guess, you know, a couple other questions I'd love to, to hear from you is, you know, you know, in your life, you've actually obviously gone uh, and had a great career. Um, through that, generally people have some levels of inspiration that really help to drive them to, to achieve the greatness that, that they have. So I'd love to, you know, hear from you uh, a bit about like, where do you draw your inspiration from, you know, what companies or individuals, um, what really inspires you both, you know, personally or professionally? Yeah. So what inspires me are kind of uh, new things, innovation, doing things differently and bringing people along. Uh, so, um, one of my personal purpose is also to to create a lasting impact to and with people. You know, I like to do something together with others and create this this movement of 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 new things you can do, of new trends and be on top of them. But I, I guess what inspires me, who inspires me, there's not really one person. I guess most people that inspired me along my career are people with a positive mind that lift you up. Uh, that's also what I like to do with other people. Uh, uh, but that's what inspires me. So I have a mentor now. She also is lifting me up. And But I always have different types of mentors because I think sometimes when you make the business case or, uh, I don't know, your big presentation, you want someone to be a devil's advocate and you leverage another type of mentor to look at your work. So I always recommend people to have different types of mentors, one that fits your personality, that energizes you, but also one maybe that's that helps you because they are in good in things where you're maybe not so good at. Uh, so I think it's good to have a mix of mentors. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, there are lots of people inspiring me from my mom to my existing mentor, my mom, because she's always indeed positive and uh, nice and uh, goes the extra mile for everyone. You know, she's kind of my personal avatar for shopping uh, presents or clothes. Uh, so uh, yeah. I love that. The, uh, and the point on, on uh, mentorship, I, I agree with you. I think that's one of those things that are, are so important in, in personal development, both for career and, and for yourself. Right. So I, I think that's a, that's a really, really strong point. Um, you know, just, just a couple other questions, I guess, really, you know, I'd love to uh, in, in your experiences um, love to, you know, where, where have you seen really great e-commerce experience? What, what would be uh, inspiring for others to look at and say, boy, this is, this is a, a company we should look at um, based upon your own personal experiences. I would I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. 
I know this is, of course, a very difficult question. I want to call out all the great websites we have our own, but um, maybe yeah. from recent experience uh, I have, I, I, I got actually a gift uh, because uh, I just recently got a baby from uh, the, the white company. Uh, I haven't checked out the full website because I got it as a gift, but I thought the unpacking experience was really good because it came in a very nice box and the present was inside. Um, so, so yeah, it's a UK brand, uh, and, and they do just very nice packaging of baby presents. Um, I also like, uh, which I use a lot myself, Bold.com from the Netherlands, uh, because, uh, yeah, I have lots of friends there and now I send them presents and you, you just have lots easy, uh, websites, uh, yeah, UX, um, and, uh, personalization of what I can buy for them. Uh, and I also uh, like, of course, Nike uh, to buy my personalized shoes or I even bought baby shoes. Uh, so personalization is also something I really like. Like, I guess I buy lots of presents online. So for me, it's important, um, the packaging experience uh, when, with the cards and, and all these extras. And there are not a lot of websites that always do this great. Yeah, well... Uh, I, I agree with you on uh, the, the when you have a really good experience and, and the one I pointed out, like with the packaging, it's amazing how fantastic. I mean, not just the buying experience, but, but also when you receive the product in the end. Uh, so that's a, that's a really strong point there, too. So, Amy, I just want to say, you know, thanks again for for joining us um, and congratulations on, on the extension of your family and congratulations on uh, what's been a, a great career for you so far. And uh, look forward for us to be able to continue to follow you in the future and, and uh, celebrate your, your continued success. Um, you know, our listeners, uh, you know, that are, we have may want to reach out to you, uh, maybe gain some other insights. What would be the best way for people to be able to reach out to, to Amy Bricks if, if they wanted to, uh, to make contact? Yeah, no. So I think LinkedIn uh, is the best uh, channel for people to reach me. So uh, I'm happy for people to follow me there or look me up or send me a message. And uh, yeah open for mentoring people, as we mentioned, or, or, or meet other inspirational people. Great. Well, thank you for that. And Amy, once again, I just want to say, you know, thank you for, for joining us, uh, spending this time and uh, sharing with us your, your great insights as to what it takes for, you know, uh, fast moving consumer goods companies to be successful and what the things that you've done, what's inspired you. Uh, it's been a really, uh, it's been a great pleasure to, to have you. So once again, everybody, uh, Amy Briggs is the director of e-commerce for, for Unilever. Um, and again, thank you for, for joining us. Thanks, Ted. You've been listening to the Commerce Connect podcast, brought to you by Digital River and edited at Matriarch Digital Media in Minneapolis, Minnesota. To learn more, head to digitalriver.com.